Ooh. Greetings there, travelers. Welcome back to the end of the Seven Dies. Yeah, it has been a wild ride lately. I hope you're all doing okay. The streets of the sanctuary are filling up with more and more of the cultists. We're just kind of worried right now. But thankfully, none of them have tried to come back here, so. I should go talk to Wingover. Hey there, travelers. How's it going? Me, a Wingover, famous gnome bird. I'm glad you could stop by and visit. We got a, a fairly exciting tale today, actually. We we have a guest showing up with us. Uh, one of our listeners and someone who helps us on the Patreon. Uh, their name is Hell, and they uh, are bringing in a character that is actually traveling around with Kelsar today, as we have a new arc since Kelsar had to take off. We'll get a little bit more back to that, but first, it looks like we got a bit of fan mail. Let's see. I binged it in two weeks. Five stars. My friends got me to listen to Taz, and when I finished it, I wanted more. So I went and started searching up podcasts, listened to the first episode, and got hooked right away. The story is good. There is always something lurking in the shadows, and the villains are actually scary. I love the players, and Ronnie has my taste in music. You have a strange taste in music? Oh, I mean, that's good, that's good. I like you. It's from Draconic Force, from the United States of America. Okay. Well, thank you, Draconic Force. We always love hearing people listening to the show. It means so much warms our, our hearts here at the Battle of the Seven Dice. Oh, travelers, so <clears throat> life has been good, but uh, I, I had a little something settled with battle bars, and we got, we got, uh, I know, you know, I've been going back and forth with battle bars, uh, but they brought someone in here to, uh, uh, to, to just settle all this so we, we can get this all done with. Uh, what's your name? My name's Lucas. Uh-huh. Sure. You're, you're an intern at BattleBots? Um, more like I'm just here to speak on their behalf. Okay, sure, sure. Like, I'm gonna believe that. Alright, yeah, come on, let's, let's hear it. Let's hear your spiel. Thank you, Wingover, for having me here, and on behalf of BattleBards, we apologize for all the antics that we caused up in space. As you know, when our bardic colleges go up in space, we get a little crazy. So, uh, I'd just like to say thank you for using BattleBards music, and if you want to hear more amazing sound effects, then just head on over to BattleBards.com. Alright, uh, I'll just go stand over at the bar. Yeah, go ahead. There's a little plate of refreshments. Have a drink or something. Uh, just talk to Michael. Alright. Well, it seems that's settled. Now, but I'm, I'm sure nothing will go wrong. Got my eyes on him. All right, travelers. Yes, as I was saying before, we have such an exciting tale. Uh, we have Hole here. He, he's playing Chella. I think I believe I pronounced it right this time, but don't ask me to pronounce that again. Uh, he is a halfling druid who actually lives up near 
where Arkham and Nesme were. Rest in peace, Nesme. And he was actually there during the fight, the big fight where all, everyone got sucked in and Arkham disappeared. So we're gonna, we're gonna hop in this tale and see what is going on with Kalsar in the Arkham Effect, part one. Hey, I'm Brent, and I'm playing Kalsar, the Tiefling Paladin, and Chosen of Yetifa. Hi, I am Paul, and I'm gonna play Jelle, the Halfling Druid. Squadron, what's going on? We are getting high levels of energy coming in from... the hell? Looks like it's happening at Arkham again. Again? That city just won't die. Is it ghouls? Is it something else? The Arkham effect here is staggering. It's... the energy is getting really high. Well, it looks like there's... Some sort of activity. It's building fast. Uh, there's a flash coming in soon. We don't need another rift. If you can go over there and scope things out. But remember, if you get into Arkham, you gotta get out fast. They closed those gates. Let's not forget what happened to the other scouting groups. Yeah, I'm aware. I'll look into it. My team will start heading towards there. We've just been cruising along, doing a perimeter scan. Uh, but Arkham's not too far out of the way. Do you have that, uh, that traveler with you? Yeah, we have Chenille. Chenille Everwinter. She's here with us. Don't worry. Uh, if anybody knows what's going on with that place, it will be her. Alright, we're gonna pick things up and head back in. Alright, you just be careful. Will do. We gotta protect this planet. I don't know where all these creatures are coming from, and... God, we can't have another wave. No, we can't. Take care. You too. Here's where we're gonna start it with Kalsar. So, Kelsar, you are rushing back to the headquarters. You just finished receiving the message over your communication sphere. You know that Diana has found out information a lot faster than you thought would happen. That they think they know where Dan and Chenille are. Possibly Yolanda, because she was with them too. So, you are hauling it throughout Sanctuary. There's a lot of people you're bumping into classic melon carts in the way you Ugh. knocked it over again Ugh, sorry and you finally get to the headquarters and you burst open the door 
and there is Diana pacing back and forth, this seven-foot-tall wolf woman with this, like, almost gleaming neon armor. She turns towards you. Kelsa, are you okay? Are you ready for this? Yes, of course. Diana, uh, anything, uh, anything to save her. Come with me, and we're gonna go to a room where it's more private. Of course. She leads you down the hallway, kind of near where Elwyn's office is, and you go into this empty room. She closes it behind you. There's a few chairs. It looks like it's like a planning room. Probably your classic meeting room. And she motions for a chair for you, and she sits down. Kelsar, I found out where Dan and Shaniel are. This city of Arkham that we've been dealing with, it went back home, just like we suspected. So I've been looking into it for some time now. But the Silver Shield doesn't want us to go. What do you mean the Silver Shield doesn't want us to go? What are you talking about? I want us to go. And I understand how important this is. Their lives depend on it. But they don't want to risk you. I don't care what they think if they don't want to risk me or anything. There are people's lives at stake. Important people's lives at stake. People that I care about. I have to go out and save them. You understand doing this, we're going to be going against the Silver Shield. Are you going to be okay with that? They won't try to kill you, but they'll probably try to at the very least knock you out. They might even force forward Yagditha's control on you. Are you okay with these risks? Yes, I am. Alright. And first things first. And Diana reaches up and grabs the little stone floating over your head. And in her massive hand, she crushes it. And you see these little bits of blue stone fall down to the ground. Why'd you, why'd you do that? That was the only thing protecting me from Yagditha. That stone has been giving Yagditha easier access to your body. What? How? how? That doesn't that doesn't make sense. Whatever I grabbed it, it would give Yagdita control. How? What's going on? I'm not sure how this all works, but I looked into it and I found more information on this stone that they gave you. I don't think Dan knows about this. He was just given the stone, but I think the people at the Silver Shield, all they care about is Yagdita winning. Which is, in a way, understandable, because that means the universe is saved. But we can't have Yegditha taking over, because if Yegditha does, then he's going to pull us out of there before we can save them. Is it really even worth having Yegditha win? It means everyone losing control? I don't know. Kind of makes me wonder what the fate is that we're going to face if we all lose. I feel like we're sacrificing what made us who we are just to just to win just to survive I guess you're right I'm not happy about it though but I can understand why they did it neither am I okay so what we're gonna have to do is we're going back to the pocket dimension that's where they have the most advanced portal technology aside from what the gith have we can use that and we can get to that world because otherwise that world is completely closed off. But I remember from last time, wasn't that place overrun by, um, by Matthews' army? Yes. 
it still is. We're gonna have to fight our way through that. We're gonna have to fight our way through them. And we're going to have to fight our way through the Silver Shield if we can't convince them otherwise. We have no choice then. But let's, let's not kill them though. If we can avoid that. Of course. So she stands up and starts messing with this bracelet on her wrist. We're going to have to get through there. I know a way to transport us to the pocket dimension. I've been talking to Elwyn. Apparently a lot of Chosen don't go to other worlds because it's very difficult on their body. Yelsar, this is going to be very dangerous for you. But we can save them. We can bring them back. I have some sort of divine god in my body. I've been through literal hell already. This is this is nothing new to me. And let's do this. For Dan and Chenille. Let's do this. She grasps your forearm with the hand that still has the bracelet, and this energy starts swirling around you. This cerulean flame starts building up in this whirlwind, and the two of you flash up and you feel that familiar feeling of suddenly falling. Two weeks in the past, we're back outside of Arkham. The city is still there. The battle has only just begun. Chella, you find yourself outside of Arkham. You've been trying to heal the land for some time now. This city seems to be poisoning it. But you do find that the magic you've been using on the land has slowly been bringing it back to life. Why don't you give us a quick little description of what Cello looks like? Well, he is three foot. Yes. Wild, dark blonde hair and a bushy beard, long, with a bit of braiding and then it's really messy so it more or less looks like, like dreadlocks. And then leather armor. And then he's wearing a token with some small bird feathers and a, a mouse golem around his neck. And then he's uh, uh, walking with a, a quarterstaff in his hand. So while you're walking around the outside of the city, you start hearing large sounds of battle. Monsters screaming out, people shouting. You can see plumes of smoke rising into the air from inside Arkham's walls. And you didn't know any war was coming, you didn't see any army beforehand, but you can definitely hear the sounds of war right now. I'm gonna approach it. If there is a war, there might be people that need help. So I'm basically taking all of my stuff and just running along for it. So you're racing along the outside of the city. You come round the corner and you see there is a large set of these gates that you hadn't seen before. You've wandered around the city a few times and there was never gates here. And you see there are rows upon rows of these people rushing into Arkham. You can see every so often these strange gray-skinned beings getting flung maybe through the gate and just getting cut up to shreds. You've encountered these things before and you've been told that they're called ghouls but they're not like any kind of ghoul you encountered. They're not an undead, they're just some other strange being. Well, I, I wanna go in and help the ones fighting the ghouls. I wanna help help the fight. So you start rushing forward and the, a few people in the ranks sort of look at you and then like they look away seeing that you're not a ghoul. And you rush into this city and you see chaos. 
There are people being flung around, explosions. You see large behemoth-like beasts that have massive tentacles instead of arms that are slamming down on these creatures. Some of these ghouls have these large talons and they're jumping off of buildings into crowds of these chosen. And you just see all these flashes. It's almost disorienting. You are rushing forward and you see that there's a number of wounded people on the ground shouting for help. You see there's some people that are just charging into the ghoulish ranks trying to attack them. Yeah, so there's the, the ghouls that people are fighting or there's some people who are injured. Uh, which one would you like to look into? Uh, the one fighting, actually. Okay. Uh, how's the how's the weather? The weather it's very dark, overcast. Okay, so not stormy. But yes, actually, currently right now it is raining. It is because I would like to do some magic then. Alrighty. I would uh, like to uh, find like the biggest amount of ghouls I can see, and then I want to use uh, cold lightning. Nice. Uh, and. It's uh, uh, a storm cloud appears in the shape of a cylinder that is 10 feet tall and with a 60 feet, uh, foot radius. Centered on a point you can see 100 feet directly above you. The spell fell. Blah, 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 blah. Um, when you cast a spell, choose a point you can see within range. A bolt of lightning flashes down from the cloud to that point. Each creature within 5 feet of that point must make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, a creature takes 3d10 damage. On a fail save or have as much unsuccessful one. Uh, but because it is cloudy, stormy weather, I gain an additional 10, a uh, 1d10 on the damage. Nice. Uh, what's the DC? Um, that would be my spell save, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's 14. I got a 13, so they failed. Oh, nice. I'll just roll some damage. 23 damage. So you rain this lightning down. It starts striking again and again. You watch these ghouls just get completely electrocuted and just fall to the ground twitching. You must have killed a good five or seven of them. And the soldiers cheer and press on as the battle starts waging further. Make me a perception check. Eight. I don't see shit. One thing you notice is while you're looking around in all this chaos, you see a golden arm point up to the sky, and suddenly this blast of energy comes out from him. And you see what must be a good hundred ghouls are suddenly slowed down, and this dwarf and tiefling rush right past you, completely bloodied up. And uh, this dwarf has golden arms, and this tiefling is running past with this large shield with a blue flame on it. And as they pass by you, you look around and you see the walls of buildings, the street, people, everything is being sucked into these two large black holes that are growing ever bigger. And before you know it, you feel your feet start to lift up, and you're in the air you're flying backwards you grab onto this light post and the light starts flickering on it as your fingers begin to slip and you fly back with everyone else as the city of arkham is completely swallowed up oh no and you feel yourself falling well that was a short-lived uh, le- uh life for uh, paul yeah thanks for coming in uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's been great thanks man you yeah.
Yeah, for sure. Do your character already. So we have uh, Kelsar. So Kelsar, you suddenly have ground on your feet in an instant. Your stomach lurches because <sighs> you're still not quite used to um, going through portals, especially with this long of a distance. <laughs> Kelsar, are you okay? Oh, God. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to that. It's never fun. God, that's awful. You look around and you see you're in this small building. You've been to it a few times with training and uh, working in this place. You know that this is one of the areas that's for receiving portals, like people coming back to the pocket dimension. You look and the windows that would normally be looking out into the grassy fields of this place are completely boarded up. You see there's a lot of furniture that is pushed in front of this door and the stonework is all worn and there's the odd splash of blood that's here and there on it. And you see the portal area that you're in. Normally it was kept very pristine because they didn't want anything to interfere with the magic. You see there are nicks in it, scratches, a bit of blood on one side of it. Diana, you notice this place, right? Yeah. Do you think there's survivors? There is. They're held up in the main building, where most of the portal work is. You gotta save them. I'm the one who boarded up this place. I just barely got through. There are hordes of those creatures out there. I'm a lot stronger than I was before. <laughs> That's good. You're going to need it. Damn right I am. She holds out her hands, and you see in one hand this energy materializes into the form of a sword and the other it materializes into this large shield and she gets ready as she starts like stretching and looking at the door and you can already hear scratching and clawing at the door looks like they smell us i'm ready to send them to the underworld and just because they look like people you once knew don't hesitate they're gone i know I couldn't save anyone before then, but now maybe I could at least save a few of them. All right, we're doing a straight run through this horde. We have to make it to the other building. We're gonna go through the mess hall, which is lightly defended. Then we're gonna break through there and get into the main building. I got an idea. Yep. Diana, stand, stand away from the door. All right. I'm gonna cast a pinpoint explosion at the door to Blast our, blast our way through. Alright. You don't even have to roll for this one. You just point towards it, and it blows up. And the shrapnel comes out. You two hold up your shields, and it bounces off of it. And you hear a lot of these creatures shriek. Looking through here, the once grassy fields and pristine white buildings and the cerulean blue banners that would be everywhere of Yagditha... The grass is all torn up and shredded. There's mud and blood everywhere, bodies. The banners have been torn, clawed at. Some of them looks like they've been partially eaten. And the buildings are sprayed with blood and there are scorch marks everywhere on them. The stone's been chipped away at by these creatures. And you see them. They look like previous students of the Silver Shield and other paladins who've been working here. Their uniforms are tattered and bloody. Some of them have pieces of armor that are loosely hanging on them. They're dragging their weapons forward. 
A few of them were blown up in that explosion you just did, and half of their face is missing, but they're still moving towards you. Damn it. Damn you, Matthews. You'll pay for this. You're gonna pay for this! What we're gonna do here is gonna be something called a horde challenge. So I don't know if the ballad guys ever did this. I did this in one of our specials. But basically, what's gonna happen is there is about 50 creatures that are standing in front of you. They each have five hit points. You have to battle your way through them for a number of turns. You could either deplete all 50, or you could survive four turns and make it all the way there. What's gonna happen is, let's say you do an attack with your sword, and you do 17 points of damage, because they have five hit points each, so that means you'll kill three of them instantly as you're going through. And you can be really creative with this. You can try to do a little more crazy stuff. You could try to tap into your powers a bit more if you want to. And um, at the end of each turn, these creatures will just do automatic damage to you because there's so many of them just piling on top of you. All right. All right. So uh, we start off with Gelsar. Okay, uh, I'm gonna power up my sword and I have a some fire and I do like a spinning wave slash at them. Nice. And would I I would add my proficiency and caster modifier, I guess. And this would just be oh, are you trying to do like an AoE kind of thing? Yeah. Okay, then yeah, I would say that if you're trying to use your powers. So it'll be fourteen plus seven or plus three uh, plus three would be uh, twenty. That's a pass. Oh, so like this skill challenge, this has set DCs and each turn that DC will get higher. So starting off, the DC is a 12. So you just have to you just have to beat the 12, but you pass. So go ahead and do your damage as if um, you were doing your swing with your normal sword of fire, but add an extra 2d6. I did 15. So your wave of fire blasts out. And the three of them that were in the way that were blocking the door get flown back into the crowd of them. And uh, they're all just shrieking and shouting as they're trying to claw their way in. But you manage to create an opening that'll allow you to run right through it. You and uh, Diana are charging forward. Diana takes her neon sword, and you see this energy start crackling around it. And she tries to plow forward, stabbing her sword forward, almost like a spear. Let's see how she does. Natural 20. Nice. She does 32. Nice. So you see six of these creatures fall down as she just starts cutting through a ton of them, stabbing them in the head, stabbing them in the heart. And this energy it just seems to ripple through their bodies and parts of them start to rupture as they fly back. And you two are now in the thick of it. These creatures are on every side of you. And you take, you take 12 points of damage ah! as these creatures are batting at you and trying to claw at you. Now it's even tougher because you don't have as much room to maneuver around in, and the DC has gone up to 14. Yeah. So these creatures are now all trying to like rip you down, pull you, like rip away your shield. Keep fighting, Kelsar. Damn beans. I'm going to hold my shield up and eat it up and like kind of just battering ram through them. Nice. Roll it. Yeah. It's my proficiency plus strength, right? That's right. 16. So that's pass. Nice. 
I guess I would just add my uh, my longsword now with a little bit. Uh, yeah, do it like um, like a d8 plus two d6. Okay. Seventeen. So you heat up your shield. You see this once more. The cerulean blue flame starts coating it, and it's almost eerily reflecting on the cerulean blue symbols of Yagditha. Each of these people have the silver shield aura. It's just emanating off of you as you are cutting through them. And you are heating your shield and it is searing these creatures and lighting them aflame instantly. And three more of them drop dead. And you can now see the mess hall that you're trying to make it to. And I we're almost there. Hurry. And then she she goes to swing and you see her armor um her armor shifts into almost heavier armor that she's on her shield gets a little bit larger and her sword changes into this glaive as she starts pushing them back and stabbing at them and you watch another four of them fall down as she is chopping her way through them trying to open up more of a path and you can see they're clawing at both of you she has quite a few open wounds at the moment and you two take 10 points of damage. And the DC is now up to 16. And you only have either 34 of these creatures to make it through or last two more rounds. I'm gonna summon like a uh, multiple fire balls at once and like, and like have them like projectile a cold made onto the enemies. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll it. I only got 14. So you start trying to concentrate. These creatures are still pulling at you and trying to bite into you. You take another 8 points of damage as one sinks its teeth right into your arm. And these flames appear, but they keep sputtering out as they try to launch off of you. And Diana looks back at you as a bunch of them are trying to jump onto her. And, oh shit, I'm keeping this dice in there. My TV's caught, I got another critical. And she turns back to you and she just swings this and you see three of them that were in front of you that were starting to bring you down to the ground just get their heads just cleanly sliced off. And she turns around and stabs into one that was about to jump onto her and rips her blade out. We're almost there! And you see there, it looks like there are two members of the Silver Shields who are looking wide-eyed through a window at the two of you coming towards the door, and it looks like they're trying to move stuff to get the door ready. The creatures are still pulling at you, and you take another 13 points of damage. And you see Diana is looking pretty rough as well. She has a lot of wounds that are dripping down. What are you at right now? On a scale of 1 to 81, I'm at a 31. A 38. 38, okay. So you see the door. It's in sight. It's right there. You just have to get to it and clear through it. I'm going to do uh, a whirlwind slash like like Link does. Okay, sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the DC for this turn is 18, as now they're all desperate and they're trying to stop you. Oh, no, I read that wrong. Uh, 19. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 22, 25. Fuck yeah. Roll that damage. 23. So you do this spin, 
This blood is flying off of you. You have multiple wounds, and you slam into all these creatures as they're spinning around you, your flaming sword biting into each of them, lighting them all aflame. And you watch as four of them that were all around you just topple down dead, and you make it to the door and start trying to rip it open. Diana is behind you, and she's trying to hold them off with her glaive, and you see one of them just grabs onto her glaive and puts it down and snaps it and bites right into her arm, and she screams out in pain, and Fire. you both take nine more points of damage as these creatures are scratching and biting into you. You're desperately trying to get this door open. You hear the last piece of furniture move on the other side, and the doors open up, and they pull you inside while stabbing at these creatures and slamming the door. Quick, help us with the door. Help us with the door. You shove this furniture back, and you feel all these hands beating against the door, trying to push it open. Numerous locks and boards are being placed back over it. You see they're pushing all these heavy chests and tables and everything against this. Uh, these two desperate-looking trainees who you see them every now and then when you were in training they aren't very old they might be like 16 years old and they're just trying to push everything back as fast as they could they're looking at you two wide-eyed and we jump back to chilla so you are hurling through this darkness you hear the shrieks of people the screams of these ghouls you can't hear any more sounds of magic and combat and you come hurtling into a different world. You feel it immediately because of your deep sense of connection with the natural world. You know you're on an entirely different planet. You slam into this reddish earth and roll a few times. You look out and you see the city of Arkham. You're outside of it, maybe a quarter mile away from it. And everything in your body hurts, your head's spinning, you're looking around, the sky is this kind of orangish color that's very overcast. There are a lot of dead trees in this area, there's a lot, like the earth itself seems very dry and dusty. Every so often you see some plants that are just struggling to survive. You see the odd, strange bird that looks like it's missing a lot of feathers, just sort of hopping about on the ground, pecking at the ground. And it seems like this world is dying. I'll try to get up and, and support myself on my quarterstaff, trying to, like, take it nice and quietly so I don't, like, overdo myself and, and fall back down again. And then I'll see if I can find some wounded or something that, that might need help. So you use your staff to get up, and you start making your way towards... You probably think the wounded will be more in Arkham. And you can hear a rumbling, like a revving of something. You don't understand what it is. You, the player, would know that this is the sound of a vehicle coming up. But Chelad is very unaware of what this sound could mean. Um, I'm turning my, all my focus towards the sound and, and curious about what's coming towards me. You see this dust cloud is making its way towards you. There are two lights coming from it. And uh, as it comes more in focus, and it's coming very fast, you see it's this strange metallic 
sort of vehicle. Maybe it's gnomish, you're not sure. Well, gnomes do create a lot of fun things. Does it look like it's coming straight at me? Not straight at you, but it's going to pass real close by you. I, I might take a step back then, just to be sure. Don't trust gnomes like that. You take a step back, and it just passes by you, and you look up into the windows, and you see these heavily armored people in there. You can't see any faces or anything. They're wearing these strange helmets, and they pass right by, and suddenly you see two red lights appear on the back of it as it comes to a sudden stop and spins a little bit to the side. You see four people quickly get out of this vehicle. They're all probably around six feet tall, and they're holding on to these strange devices. They look like crossbows, but they don't have the bow end at the end of it. They're all aiming them at you. Who are you? Where did you come from? I just take a step back and like, I'm chilling. And then I'm pointing towards this guy. I think I headed and I came from that way. You see, they grab a device in their shoulder and they say, We have more travelers with the arrival of Arkham. I just stand and look confused at them. Trying to, trying to look, smile and look friendly. You came from the sky? What do you mean by that? Well, I fell, I think. Listen, I don't know what you are or where you came from, but our world has enough problems and now suddenly Arkham's arrived. Do you know anything about this city, why it's here? No, not at all, no. But I, I would gladly help if I could. They turn towards one person. Chenille, take care of this and they nod their armored head and come running up to you and uh they kneel down beside you and you see this visor come up on their helmet and it's this woman she looks maybe in uh her early 20s she has a large scar that's on the side of her face and uh she has a darker complexion and her hair is matted against her face from sweating inside this armor hey um you said you fell from the sky. I think it is. Are you from Faerun? Uh, uh, yeah, yes. Yes, I am. Okay. I am... Or, well, I'm not from Faerun, but I was in Faerun. When... How did you get here? I... I, I just woke up. Um, I was in Arkham, uh, fighting off some ghouls, and then these black holes started appearing and sucked me in. I was in Arkham. About half a year ago, when suddenly I got pulled to this world. Were you in that massive fight? Yeah. Oh my. There's... There's some kind of time difference happening here. It might be a planar thing, I'm, I'm not sure. Were you from the surrounding area? Were you from Nesme, maybe? Uh, I had been in Nesme and delivered some herbs, but I was on my way back again. <sighs> okay. And... Chenille stands up. You see the other three were pulling equipment out of the vehicle. They have this one thing that's standing on a tripod that's pointing towards the city, and it seems to be going back and forth, like, doing a little circle. He's from where I was from, and, uh, I, I don't... I don't get it. He was at the same battle, but there seems to be a time difference between when I got here and when he got here. Maybe it was the difference in when we got sucked up in the city... And the other person nods, and they take their helmet, and they press two buttons on the side of it, and they take it off. And you see it is a female work. She sets her uh, helmet on the hood of this vehicle. Oh, damn. 
Okay, that explains that. We got a whole slew of ghouls that have just been pouring in here the last few days. That adds up. Those things don't like to talk, they just like to attack. Okay. Um, Michella, was it? it yeah, I, I give it like a huge friendly smile. Sorry for pointing the guns at you. It's just, there's been a lot of weird and bad things that have been happening around this city. We just don't have the resources for it. I'm, I'm walking over towards one of them um, and just clicking it with my staff, my tap-tap. Well, you, you need the bow part. No need to apologize. This doesn't look dangerous at all. They smile at you and uh, they sort of relax a bit. They put the gun at their side. Well, it's just we've, we've lost a lot of people. With the Arkham effect going on, it's been even worse. Magic has been pouring in. The Arkham effect? Yeah. It's, um... You see this city here? She points to the city of Arkham. Yeah. Well, it used to be here. It used to be from our world. It's where our president would live in this country. And some cult started gaining power. Everything looked great. They found renewable resources, renewable energy sources. The whole world was fixing itself, but this this cult summoned this great old one known as Cthulhu, and it has been destroying our world for the last decade. But when that whole ritual happened, and when Arkham disappeared and this great old one came about, magic has been pouring into our world, and people got transformed. I used to be human. I don't even know what I am. Chenille says it's an orc. We don't have orcs here. We don't have anything. It's just humans. But more chaos ensued. More monsters. We're just tired. And then Arkham showed up six months ago. And there's been slews of monsters ever since. Well, what can I do to help? Well, we're supposed to be going in there and doing a bit of a scouting mission. We gotta try to get some more information on anything that's come along with Arkham. There might be more people like you in there that need our help. If you want to come with us, we're gonna head on into the city. I gladly follow. Alright, hop on in. And they open up the door to the vehicle. I, like, curiously just stand and look for a second and, and poke the, the seats uh, before crawling in. And one of them laughs and she helps you up because it's a little bit of a climb to get into it. Oh, thank you! You see inside here, it is uh, like these leather seats and there's a lot of blinking lights and strange devices that are around. And the other four of them hop in. You're sitting in the middle of the back seat. As they start moving forward, you see they click this belt around your lap. Like that'll keep you from sliding around. Oh, thank you. I just imagine that I'm basically sitting like a small, curious child, just going from one blinking light to another and just like... Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're the size of a kindergartner, so... It, it's like Baby Yoda when he's in the... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> just pressing all the buttons. He's Baby Yoda. Yeah. He's Baby Yoda now. That's great. Making sure to keep my core staff close to me so it doesn't disappear in the car. <laughs> yeah, every so often you hit something and it starts flashing and they have to press a few other things. So you are driving along, and you start heading into the city of Arkham. And Kelsar. Hi. Kelsar, you are bloodied up. You are <coughs> just sitting in this uh, mess hall. You used to come here uh, 
few times a day just to always eat after training and before training and now it's looked completely changed you see there are rows of weapons sitting on tables some armor racks are in here it looks like they basically use it to get outfitted (sighs) not doing too great um wait aren't you kelsar yeah i am wait what the hell are you doing back uh, to, to, to save Chenille and Paladin. Ah, Dan. What happened to them? Are they okay? They're not doing too good. Wait, are you done out there? Did you win? No, we didn't. Not yet. We're not done. Oh, it's been like a week since you left, since that whole massacre happened. It's, uh, well, wait. You, did you say a week? Yeah. I was gone for, I guess, yeah. A couple months. I was gone for months, it seems. Well, the time moves differently here in the pocket dimension. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Sorry. Um. It's okay. Uh. uh, Here, um, I can't do much, but I can help. And he comes over and his hands glow the cerulean blue light and he puts them on you and you get back 15 hit points. Oh, and thank you. the other guy rushes over to Diana and does the same. And she nods as she's summoning two more pistols and putting them on her side. Thank you. What's your name? I'm Steven. Um, I didn't think that anything like this would ever happen. We've, uh, we still have a lot of food left, but... That's good. Things have been crazy. There's only, like, there's only, like, 30 of us left. I'm gonna go. You can... Dan and Shaniel back, and then we're coming back to save the rest of you. But if you go, then, uh, you, Master Typhon's gonna be so mad. You. I don't care what Master Typhon says. Your lives are at stake, as well as Dan and Shaniel's. And it is our job as paladins to save those in need. Uh, roll me a persuasion check. These are kind of appealing to why he's here at the Order. I got uh, 14. He nods and sort of tightens the uh, the grip on the hilt of his sword that's sitting sheathed on his side. You're right. You're right. That's why we're doing this whole thing. Sorry. It's all right, soldier. Um, we're going to keep holding the door. Uh, if, I guess if you need to go to the portal room, you're going to have to get a, a, a key. I don't know who has those aside from Typhon. Diana, I think we're going to have to go speak to Typhon. Might not be pretty. It's not about being pretty. It's about getting the job done. Be ready. He's gonna have the toughest paladins around him. He's a coward. Got a lot to answer for. You two did good. You guys are gonna make excellent paladins. Thanks, Kelsar. And they go back to putting more stuff at the door and looking worriedly through the window at these bloodied faces that are trying to claw their way through this magically reinforced glass. And you and Diana are walking through this hall. You know where Master Typhon's office is. And you get there, you see there are two paladins that are standing in front of it. And they look over at the two of you, and first they see Diana, and they look really annoyed and irritated when they see her. And then they see you, and they look shocked. What are you... What are you doing here, Kelsar? Surprised to see me alive still, huh? This woman walks around the side of him. Uh, it's an Asmar woman. Kelsar, 
you should be... You should not be here. Oh, I should be dead, huh? Is that what you're thinking? No, you should be back in the Forgotten Realms with Yegditha. Yeah, Yegditha's still with me. But we're... We're gonna do a little bit of a detour. And I need to speak to Master Typhon. Please. They look at each other pretty nervously. And... She knocks on the door and opens it up. And you see behind the desk is this sort of weaselly looking man. He is very scrawny. He's balding heavily. He has just a bit of hair left on the sides and the back. He has these glasses that are sitting on this pointy nose. And he's looking down at a book and he's annoyed. Yes, yes, what is it? Oh, it's Hyphen. He looks up shocked. Kelsa. Diurna, I told you specifically not to bring Kelsar here. And why is that, Typhon? Because if you die, we all die. Well, from what I understand, I can't really truly die. So I feel like that uh, that little uh, part you said is a little bit irrelevant to me. What do you mean you can't truly die? I'm marked. With what? I uh, raise my hand and I show him the mark. No. That's impossible. You're not in position to tell me what to do. You don't know what you're doing, Kalsar. If you go to that world, you might not make it back. That world already has a great old one. Do you know what hell I've been through? Do you know what nightmares I've seen already? No, you've been locked in here. With your paladins, and you've been, you've been safer in here with hordes of ghouls out there than I have been. You don't know what I've seen. You don't know what I have been capable of doing. So you're gonna sit down, and you're gonna shut up, and you're gonna listen to what I have to say. Uh, roll an intimidation check. Seventeen. He looks shaken. He sort of sits down a bit. Kelsar, I understand you're going through a lot right now, but right now we're dealing. I'm going through a lot, huh? The world is falling apart, Kalthar. The pocket dimension is at 50% integrity of what it was. I know. But you know what? That's irrelevant right now. Because Dan and Shadil are in danger, and we need them if we're going to win. They understood they were entering a war. They gladly put their lives on the line for you. If you sacrifice your lives for them, it makes their sacrifice irrelevant. We used to be paladins, you know. We used to do. We we used to stand to put our own lives, no matter if we were, no matter what position we were, to help those in need. And they're in need right now, and we have. I have to go back and save them. I will not let you throw everyone's life away just for those two. They are gone, Kalsar. Accept it as a fact. You don't know that. I know enough. You don't know shit. You're gonna give me the key, and you're gonna let me go. Otherwise, I might have to bring out Yegditha. You don't want that, do you? Go ahead. Bring out Yegditha. He'll side with me. He knows what we're doing. Then I guess you don't know me very well, then. Because here's the thing. I might not even need Yegditha. Because I'm pretty strong, too. And you're just a frail old man. So, am I going to have to beat you? Am I going to have to hurt you to get through? Guards. Guards. Stop him. And I need initiative. 
whatever the silver shield is involved. It's just, it's just so much. Like the silver shield is always so angry. They're always going, oh my god, the righteousness. You, you know what it is. It's the problem that it's like 50 paladins in a room. The righteousness is just bleeding through everything. And it wasn't that fun having our, our guest on. Don't worry, they're here for uh, the rest of the arc. There's, there's so much to see, many adventures to be had. And actually, the editing for this, uh, the sound effects and music, was done by Jason, otherwise known as Draxia. So, thank you very much, Jason, for the editing on this one. Well, travelers, I hope you enjoyed your time here today and you enjoyed uh, this new halfling's journey to another world and our, our paladin uh, just dealing with the, the pressure of life, really. And remember, if you want to hop on over to the old Itunes or Pod Chaser, oh, you know what? Be fancy and go to both. Drop us uh, uh, some lovely kind words. We'd love to hear what you think of the show, honestly. Well, travelers, be sure to take care of yourself in this difficult time and make sure to reach out to loved ones and, and watch over your own health, of course. Uh, safety is key. All right. Well, I... Michael, what is this? Oh, uh, that's the bill. What bill? The bill from your uh, battle barge friend there. He uh, had quite a few to drink and uh, took on off. What? Yeah. He said uh, you knew. Uh, he was having some drinks, and uh, you said to put it on your tab. And you just believed him? Oh, my God. Michael, come on. Ugh, I'm not paying this. You... I'm going, I'm going to, uh, uh, travelers, I have to head on out. I have to go to BattleBots. I bid you all adieu. Can't believe this, again.